1: Uh, We know the importance of investing in the Word of God, and that's why we're preaching through the book of Exodus this year. We are building a future together, and as we've really started into the book of Exodus, as we started in the year 2022, we are seeing that Exodus is a story about God, and it's a story about His people. And how he loves and he cares for his people. And I believe that the book of Exodus is the perfect book for the month of February. I was working out with a friend yesterday. And he said, before we got the workout going, he said, in the month of January and February, he never makes any major life decisions. And I was like, that's important. Okay, I'm like, tell me more. He's like, look... The, the sky is gray, it's cold outside, you know, everybody experiences some level of, of depression or anxiety, or, and he's like, you know what, I've just reserved that I am not going to make any life, big life decisions, and I thought, you know what, uh, it's kind of like working out what we're doing with the book of Exodus. We're showing up week in and week out. We're getting into the Word of God, and it's building us. We're putting in the work in the dark months, so to speak. And God is training us. He's helping us. And what, we, I, what I see is that we're growing. And I see it on your faces. And I see it in your lives. We are growing together. And we've got a tool to help us to do that. It's the ESV Study Journal. And the way this works, church, it's simple. is you open up your copy, and on one side is the scripture. On the other side is a spot for you to put your notes from Sunday. And then we are also, in this season... For the book of Exodus, we are asking you to pre-read. So this week, hopefully you came and read chapter 5 and chapter 6. And by the way, next week, just write it down so you're not behind, is Exodus 7, 8, 9, and 10. We're going to try try to accomplish four chapters. It's the plagues. It's, it's easy reading, but it's going to really be awesome. And what we're doing is, again, we're building... Uh, we are building together and asking God to bless us. Now, there are, there's one ESV study journal left at the Connection Center. If you are here right now and you're saying, hey, I want to jump on board with this and uh, to do this, you can get up right now, go get it, and we'll all watch you. No, 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 just kidding. You can actually. If you want, you can go grab it. Uh, there was one at the end, and we are ordering more. Uh, we are looking for a resource. We bought out every single one that Christian book uh, uh, distributors did, and, uh, and so we got, we're looking for another source. Uh, and anyway, we will have some next week for you, and we want to encourage you to do that. In Exodus chapter 6, Uh, verses 6 through 8, it's kind of a proclamation, kind of a summary of that, is the idea that God would say, "'I am the living God, and I care for my people.'" And today, we're going to actually get to that section in chapter 6. Uh, but I want to just back up for a second and remind you, two weeks ago when we were studying and finishing the book, or the, the chapter 4, uh, Pastor Mike Jones brought an incredible message. And it was really a message, uh, three, chapter 3 and 4, the burning bush encounter. Uh, something really incredible happened in Moses' life. The Lord interrupted his life, showed up in a big way, and Moses comes out of hiding. After 40 years, thinking that his life was wasted, that he had really messed up, and that there was no future for Moses, he realized that there was no wasted season. And the burning bush was this catalyst for Moses' per- personal journey. And I would just want to encourage you that the book of Exodus is a catalyst for our journey with the Lord as well. Our lives can be found in this book. And Exodus chapter 4, verse 31, we finished the, the chapter and Moses shares the good news with, this, with the people. And what's cool, it says in verse 31, And the people believed. They believed and they heard that they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction. And what was their response? They bowed down and they worshiped the Lord. And so chapter 4 ends on this spiritual Hi. Well, today we're going to move into chapter 5 and 6. We're going to take one at a time and then time together. And what we're going to see, again, we are on a journey. Moses is on a journey. And God wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. He wants us to build from here. And as Moses develops, and we're going to see that over the next several weeks, it, it's interesting that we can do the same. Now, if you pre-read this last week, you might have noticed that even though chapter 4 ends on a high, Moses and Aaron in particular, are things get worse before they get better. <laughs> Let me just say it that way. And there's a couple of big reasons. Number one is Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is a strong, powerful superpower. And the people of God, the Israelites, at this point when you're reading, they are slaves. They come across looking like they're weak and if Israel the people of Israel are weak that must mean their god is weak and that's where we pick up the story and by the way it's a true story turn with me to Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 and it's in Exodus chapter 5 verse 1 that Moses musters up the courage to face Pharaoh and he comes across with this famous three words or four words, let my people go. Let's say it together. Let my people go. And over the next several chapters, we're going to see this little phrase over and over. It's a foreshadow of what's to come. Uh, This phrase will be seen. In let my people go, let's just remember that this is coming from The God of Israel, through Moses and Aaron, is the mouthpiece, and it's a big deal, and let me tell you why. It's a big deal because the king of of Egypt is Pharaoh, and this Pharaoh was not just a king. He was considered to be deity, to be a god, and Pharaoh, at that point in history, the ancient world was leading the, the strongest kingdom um, in the day, and it was a big deal because the God of Israel, saying, Let my people go, right, was saying to Pharaoh, Submit to me. It was a direct competition. It was like the Israelites, who were slaves with this weak God in the Egyptians' eyes, is now facing this superpower, Pharaoh. And there's conflict, and Pharaoh was not about to have it. Moses is saying that the people of God, that uh, the God Yahweh, uh, but Pharaoh thought that those people were his as property. As slaves. So what was Pharaoh's response? Over the uh, this this chapter, we see that uh, he rejects God's command, and over the next several chapters, that's going to continue. Even in the sight of miracles and signs and wonders, Pharaoh's heart will eventually and, and uh, gradually become hardened, and uh, he will continue to say no. And you say, well, why is that? Because, again, if Pharaoh would acknowledge this God, the God of Israel, uh, he would be saying that... that The God Yahweh is greater than he was. And again, Pharaoh was not interested in doing that at all. And so let's look at Pharaoh's response. Exodus 5, verse 2, the second verse, it says, And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Boom, crystal clear. He's saying there's not a chance. This is not going to happen. And then in verse 3, Then Moses and Aaron say to Pharaoh, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go on a three-day journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And so they're basically asking for three days out, One day to worship God and then three days return. So you put that together. He's asking for a week off. And Pharaoh is thinking, this does not make sense for Egypt. Because slave labor was good for Egypt. And Pharaoh was not about to give up. Now, when you pause here at this point, after verse 3, it's a big setup for something that we're going to study today. It's a setup for some huge disappointment. The truth is, Moses and Aaron were following God. The last thing on their mind was the things that would not, that things wouldn't go as planned. They're thinking, okay, if we're following Yahweh God, it's going to be a smooth road, right? There's not going to be any bumps in the road. And the question could be asked, well, how could you be disappointed if God is at work, right? Well, I was thinking about it, and... In my own life, and this goes back over 25 years, uh, how many have ever been married or you are married? Just raise your hand, okay? And uh, how many of you went on a honeymoon, all right? Okay, so most of you probably went on a honeymoon, pretty cool. And so my wife and I, over 25 years ago, May 25th, 1996, still got the date in my mind, (laughs) won't forget. But anyway, we went on a honeymoon, and when you're on a honeymoon... And I don't know why God put this illustration on my mind. I really don't. But, uh, you know, your honeymoon should be, like, p- picture perfect, right? No arguing, no bickering. And I am sad to say that wasn't our case. Not that we didn't have a good time in Fort Lauderdale. We cruised to the Bahamas, stayed there a couple days and came back. And it was, it was great. I was 19. She was 20. And uh, you can add up the years and figure out how old we are, but... Uh, but anyway, but there were a couple moments where we were, like, at each other, and I'm thinking, we're on our honeymoon, this shouldn't be happening, and it just is the truth, but I will say that now when Jessica and I do vacation, we've went way past that, we never have any issues at all, and it's just <laughs> pure bliss, and, uh, and my Lord, please don't strike me down, <laughs> but, uh. But it's kind of like that. With Moses and Aaron, they're saying, hey, we're following you, God. Things should not be disappointing. But it was what we're about to get into. And the truth is, today, you might be here, or you might be online watching, and you may be disappointed with God. And let me just say, it's okay. In fact, this week on Monday, I'm not going to say who, but uh, someone in our church called me early on Monday morning. And they've got some news for their family. And this is a direct quote. They were like, I am disappointed with God. And I was like, whoa. And it caught me off guard. And then later that day, I was studying. And that's why the Lord kind of directed me in this way for our message today. I think God was at work. But maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you trusted God. You believe God. You prayed for a healing or you prayed for a marriage or a situation at work or something with your kids. And you prayed. And when you prayed, either things didn't get answered or things even got worse. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, I'm disappointed today. It may look like things are all together. You may have came through those doors looking all good, and your, your family is all got it together. But on the inside, if truth be told, there's some disappointment with God. Well, that sets us up for the first wave of disappointment. I'm calling it Disappointment Part 1, because verses 4 through 18, we're not going to take the time to read it, but you can read it on your own or reread it. Because at this point, uh, they say, let my people go, and Pharaoh is not having it. In fact, Pharaoh called the Israelites lazy three different times. And then he increases their labor. He says, look, you have to find your own straw to make the bricks, to make the buildings that they were working on. And he did not decrease the labor. He gives them no break. There's no mercy. And remember, Moses was doing exactly what God had asked him to do with maybe a little reluctance. And the situation got worse. In fact, it got a lot worse. And I'm curious, you don't have to raise your hand, but has that ever happened to you? It has for me. And I've thought about it, and I'm thinking there's so many illustrations I could share. Uh, Kind of a silly one is on Sunday mornings and on Saturday nights, you know, you prepare for a message, and you spend time in the Word, and you feel like you have something. And then I don't understand why God would ever let it snow on a Saturday night or on a Sunday morning because then people just stay home. and now today is a beautiful day and we got a full house here thankfully but uh, but it's kind of it's like man god I'm disappointed maybe a little more serious is maybe you've been working out and you're you've been con- look taking a good look at your health and you've changed your diet and you've done some things but things don't seem to be getting better let's just be honest covid has been a major disappointment. In fact, I have in my notes here, COVID ruins everything. Am I right? Yes. And this week, super sad. Um, John Gerber got COVID in the hospital, and he's the first person connected with the Gateway Church, first member uh, that uh, that lost his life, lost the battle with COVID this, this past Wednesday. And Linda, if you're watching Second Service here, I don't, I don't think I saw her slide in how we love you and we want to stand with you. But again, it just doesn't make sense. We prayed and asked God for healing. Maybe you're disappointed with plans when they don't turn out. What do you do when plans don't turn out? You hold things lightly, but that's not easy always to do. And the devil will put a wrench in your plans, and he's discouraging, and he, he says, Just stop praying. Just stop believing. Stop trying. You're going to look foolish if you don't stop. And Moses and Aaron, they find themselves in verses 4 through 18 in a tough spot. Looking foolish. Then they are disappointed. They are definitely frustrated. And they are in the hot seat with not only Pharaoh, but also, look at it, with the Hebrews, their own people in, uh, uh, in, yeah, and this leads up to the second wave of disappointment that I would call Disappointment Part 2. And it's found in verses 19 through 21. Let's look at it. Exodus chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. It says, And they said to them, This is the people of Israel saying to Moses and Aaron, The Lord look on you and judge because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Yikes. Moses' people, the Israelites, the Hebrews, they turn on Moses and on Aaron. Things get worse expectations are not met. And because of that, there's this huge disappointment. Moses and Aaron, they have a mess on their hands. In fact, in my Bible uh, that I normally study from, I when I got to this and I was just looking in a different version, not studying in the ESV uh, uh, Bible, uh, I had wrote in there that, that uh, things often get worse before breakthrough, and that's exactly what's happened. And it's really not that uncommon. When a person decides to worship God or to get involved or to show up in some way for the Lord, maybe they say, you know what, I'm gonna be a part of that team for Embrace Grace and walk along young girls and boys that find themselves in uh, unplanned pregnancy or maybe you say you know what I'm gonna step up and be a mentor or I will look for a mentee or I want to be the mentee I need that in my life and you start you decide to step up or you get involved with uh, CityServe and you become a hero or you are involved in a connect group what happens oftentimes The devil wreaks havoc with your life. Things may get tough. In fact, I believe when a believer really starts to put God first, trouble often is waiting in the wings. And could it be that that's a good sign? I believe it could be. But what do you do when trouble hits, when disappointment sets in? When we're disappointed, what do we do? Do we turn away? Do we give up? Do we start complaining? we moan and groan? Well, Moses, I know he's not a perfect leader, but he does something in chapter 5 that is a model for us, something we can do when we're disappointed with God. And we see it in Exodus 5, 22 through 23. What does he do? He talks with God. Moses questions himself. He says, man, I'm disappointed with myself. He says, God, why did you choose me? But mostly he comes at God and he says, why did you, why have you not delivered your people at all? He questions God. It's a raw moment. It's very real. It's hard, and it's full of disappointment. And we're going to read it here in a second, but I want you to note, and I would just encourage you to write it in the pages of your notes here. God can take it. When we speak to God, when we're disappointed, He can take it. Take it. Let's look at it. Exodus 5, 22 and 23. It says, "'Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, "'O Lord, why have you done evil to this people?' Why did you ever send me? So he's saying, why did you send me? But it was your idea, right? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, by the way, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Yikes. (laughs) He doesn't hold back. But remember, God can take it. And that's the way chapter 5 ends And then chapter 6, something happens. Moses gets a response from God. God texts him back. He answered Moses' email. And in Exodus 6, 1, I love it. The Lord speaks. In fact, when we look at it, Exodus six one, it says, "But the Lord said." Let me pause there. I've got that circled in my uh, in my copy. The Lord said, He speaks to Moses, and He says, "Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand." And, uh, and you might want to circle that or underline it or highlight it with a strong hand he will send them out and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land he says it twice for emphasis and the idea is that God is about to move in other words and I wrote this in my copy in the journal you can write this if you want Pharaoh does not get the last word isn't that good news? And then God says, now, everything that seemed impossible with Pharaoh, he says, but now. And that really sets us up for the next few verses. Exodus 6, 2 through 8, and then verse 29, there are five I am statements. And those I am statements are linked to Exodus chapter 3. In the burning bush, God said, or Moses asked, who will be sending me? What do I tell him?" And God said, tell him, I am sent you. And that's where we see it linked up. And the I am is present tense. I am with you. We're talking about the God, the great I am, Yahweh. And God is about to say, I know you're discouraged. I know that you're disappointed, but I have a plan. And the other thing you can note is that God does not rebuke Moses for speaking so hard at the end of chapter 5. But the Lord speaks, and I love it. And God reminds us, too, that when we talk to Him, He will show up and He will speak big time. Oftentimes, that's through the Word of God. That's why it's so important to be reading and rereading or in your own Bible plan. Uh, God can also speak through a friend or a neighbor. He can speak through a circumstance. Sometimes God will speak through a delay, and God will speak oftentimes through a song or a, a, a music or a piece of art. There's thousands of ways that God can speak when we talk to Him, and then we listen. We have to listen, and hear God is saying, I am the Lord. Five different times. And then we also see, in verses 6 through 8, we see seven I will statements. This is important. Theologians call these the seven promises from God for the Israelites. Exodus 6, 6 through 8. There are seven I will statements in the, in the middle of the trial. How many know we, just like Moses and Aaron, we need revelation from heaven. We need a promise. We need a I will statement. And it needs to come from God, not from our spouse or from our employer or from a friend. No, it needs to come from God. And when we get a promise from the Lord, we need to hold on to it. What God says here, He says, I know you're disappointed, but I will. And let's look at these seven I will statements. And I'm not going to, uh, I mean, you don't have to do exactly what I do. But on this page, I've got notes all over. In the seven I will statements, there's going to be a word that goes with each of those. And they won't be on the screen. So you've got to pay attention, write them in. Or you can go back later, starting in verse 6. It says, say, therefore, to the people of Israel. So God is telling Moses, I am the Lord. That's the first I am statement. And then here we go. I will, number one, bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. In your side margin, you can write deliverance, verse 6. And then he continues, I will deliver you from slavery to them. You can write in your side margin, freedom. He provides freedom, verse 6. And then it continues, "And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. In other words, I have supernatural power. Those first three promises, I will, deliverance, freedom, and power. Then in verse 7, there's two more. He says, I will take you to be my people. In other words, the word there is relationship. I love this. He draws us close. He brings us in close. He desires for every single person to have a relationship with him. We call that being saved or salvation. In first service, uh, a young man gave his heart to the Lord. His mom has been praying for him. We've been praying. He shows up for the first time and gave his heart to Jesus. In second service, we're going to give an opportunity here in a minute as well. So he says, I will take you to be my people. That's relationship. And then look at the, the next one. I will be your God. Your God. What he's t- calling, or what you can write there, is friendship. How many know, he says, God is like, you know what, you're my people. When you have friends over and, uh, it, and you're playing cards or eating popcorn or playing a game, you're sitting around the table and you're like, hey, these are my people, right? Right? That's friendship. That's what God is offering to us. He says, I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out and under the burdens of the Egyptians. And then in verse 8, we got two more. It says, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. In other words, the word there is blessing. And so with the blessing is a promise, I will. And then the last one, I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. That last word is inheritance. And so we see blessing, we see inheritance, that God is a gift-giving God. That's in verse 8. Verse 7 was relationship and friendship. Verse 6, deliverance, freedom, and power. And church, these I will promises were not just intended for the children of Israel. These are for us, the people of God. We are the people of God. And what I love is that when we get our minds around these, it fuels our faith. It gives us great joy. It holds us steady in the storm. It keeps us sane. Can I get an amen? When God gives you a promise, what do you do? You stand on it. You trust God. And then everything is perfect from that, on, that point forward. <laughs> well, what happens in the story? Well, let's quickly, let's keep moving. You think, okay, this is, these promises are here, and God's saying, I am, and I will. This is incredible. It gets better, right? No. Things actually don't work out quite yet. Exodus 6, verses 9 through 13, Moses thus, or speaks thus to the people of Israel. So he says, this is what God says, I am, I will. And what happens when he speaks? It says, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. Wow. So it doesn't get better. So the Lord said to Moses, go in and tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out into his land. So Moses is instructed again to go out and to do this with Pharaoh. And he's like, God, I'm not a sucker for punishment. Are you sure this is what you want me to do? But Moses says to the Lord, that was my words. This is what he actually said. Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. In other words, I'm unfit for service like this. He says that at the end of the chapter as well. We'll see that in a second. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them the charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people out of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. And then in the next several verses, it's a genealogy, and you think, why is that there? It seems so interrupted. It's there. It's not an accident. It's God's way of reminding us that God had prepared Moses and Aaron for their ministry in Egypt and for his people. But let's pick it up in verse 28. It says, and on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, this is the last part of the chapter, the Lord said to Moses, I am the Lord. That's the fifth I am statement. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you, but Moses said to the Lord, behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How will the Pharaoh listen to me? I'm going to ask the team to join me as we prepare to close and have a little response. The point is, is at the end of chapter six, the story is not over. There's going to be some more disappointment. There's going to be some more difficulty. And the truth is, is none of our stories are complete either. And you may be here this morning feeling really like your plans didn't turn out. What do we do? We hold on to those lightly. But I do want to just speak a word into our own lives to each and every one of you. Is that God... Has a plan for you. He wants to work in us. And there's not one of us that are exempt. And yes, there are times we feel like, okay, God did something or said something and and then it didn't turn out, or or listen, God wants to work beyond our imagination. And He is the one who sees the big picture. He's the one who is sovereign. That means he's in control. We are not. As I was preparing and I shared this on Thursday night with the board. I had a board meeting. After the board meeting, one of our elders, Pastor, pastor Bob, uh, Bob Boss. He's not a pastor, but maybe that, maybe you will be. I don't know. someday. He said, you're not going to believe it. I told him I was me to be talking about disappointment. And he says, you know what? Uh, this morning in my devotions, uh, God, he, he said, there's something that is like tied in. And, and so I said, send it to me. And he sent it to me. And this is what was in Bob Boss's devotion. And it's not on the screen. I just added it this morning. It says, God's job is, is to perform his word in his way with his wisdom and in his timing why for his glory. That that's powerful. I'm going to read that again. God's job is to perform his word in his way in his wisdom and in his time for his glory. That's really speaking to the sovereignty of God. And then it goes on, your job Or our job is to saturate our minds and our hearts with the promises found in his word to build up our faith by believing and standing on those promises. Wow. So our job is to saturate our heart and our mind to take these promises and to believe that God is at work. This morning, I believe or this afternoon at this point, I believe God is at work. And he's speaking. And the biggest concern that the Lord would have or that we have here at the Gateway Church is that there are people in our lives and there may be even some here in the room or even online watching that are going through life and don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's you, Today is your day of salvation. I just declare it. We want to offer you the free gift of salvation. It's the most important decision you'd ever make to turn your life to Him. So this is what I want you to do. I'm going to keep the lights on. I want you just to stand right where you are. And I want you just to take a deep look inside. Say, okay, God, am I living for you? Is my relationship with you in the right spot? Is there anything I need, okay? And and I just want you to take a a good look on the inside. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Today is your day. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, this is just between you and the Lord. I'm going to keep my eyes open. Pastor Bobby will do the same just so we don't miss anyone. If you're here and that's you, you're saying, Pastor, that's me, I need Jesus to save me today, would you just slip up your hand right where you are? We want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you. First service, I already mentioned, someone gave their heart to the Lord. Who? Second service. If you're online, all you got to do is put, I need Jesus, and we will follow up, and we have resources. We'll get to you. Anyone at all here? Second service. I don't want to rush by this moment if the Lord is working okay alright I don't see any hands so if I could get your eyes back on me here just for a moment what I want you to do the way we want to close the message is by really encouraging each other to focus this week on those seven promises a promise of deliverance a promise of freedom a promise of power, supernatural power, a promise of relationship, a promise of friendship, which is pretty amazing. And then the last two, a promise of blessing and inheritance. And I promise you this, okay, that if we tie those promises in with the closing song here, you'll see it all come together. The song we're going to close with is called Waymaker. It's a song that we've sang lots of time, but today I want us to do a little exercise relating it to the message today. There's a point in the song that will say, that is who you are, that is who you are, that is who you are. And I want you to just latch on to that I am statement, that God is the great I am. That he is Yahweh God. He is our God. So when we say, that is who you are, that is who you are, like God saying, this, yes, that's me, I am. And Then there's a point that says, even when I don't feel it, you're working. And I just want us to then focus on these I will promises, these I will statements, and believe together that God is, He will complete the work in our lives. As long as we have breath, God is working. He's moving in our lives. Amen? Amen. Lord, I just pray that you'd seal this moment in our hearts in our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's sing this out with lots of gusto.
0: time in my life um, when I was facing uh, trial after trial and disaster after disaster and uh, these things were happening and I was a teenager at the time and you know not really anyone's fault just kind of life was happening and uh, my parents got divorced but they lost their jobs and so they were living together it was during the recession and so we were filing for bankruptcy and so there's all these different things happening. And I just remember sitting in my room uh, asking God, God, when is this going to get better? Because it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and, you know, worse. Uh, and you could imagine uh, being in my situation. And I remember, um, you know, I don't have many of these moments where I feel like God, uh, like it's a profound, like God speaking to me moment. Um, or when I do, you know, it doesn't shock me uh, as much, but I felt like he said... Uh, things will get worse. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks, God. Um, and it was this same idea of this disappointment that Moses was facing in this story. But I remember him saying, uh, I'm gonna take you as low as you will ever go uh, so that you know, one, that I'm faithful uh, so that I'll see you through it and so that you can help be a testimony and a guide and a light to others who might be facing the same thing in the future. Maybe you guys are facing that situation where you're facing a season of disappointment. Maybe you're facing a season of loss. Maybe you're facing a season of trial. Maybe you're in a moment where you think things aren't getting better. They're getting worse. And I just want to remind you that God is faithful, uh, that God is good. will still use this for his glory and because there's so many times where I'll sit down with someone and they will talk about the struggles that they're facing or they'll talk about feeling like God is absent or or like they're in a situation that is hopeless and I can say man let me tell you about a time uh, when God told me things would get worse Uh, but in that moment um, he really changed my life and changed the course of my family as well Um, so with that I hope that's an encouragement to you I felt like God speaking to me in the front row during this second service, that it was for someone specifically here in this service. Um, And if it is, uh, I hope uh, that it's an encouragement to you. But let's just pray as we close out this service. Jesus, we just thank you that you are good, that you are great can trust you with all of our problems, with all of our doubts, that you are are willing to take it uh, whenever we're frustrated and we say, God, when is this going to get better? And I thank you for that season in my life that you warned me uh, that things were going to get worse. And it was in the next couple of weeks that my dad had his heart attack. And and when the world was just going crazy around me, I knew uh, that you would see me through it regardless of if my dad would make it or not that you would see me through that season and and one I thank you that you uh, kept your protective hand over him and that he's still alive today but I also thank you for the peace uh, that you saw me and my family thank you for what you are doing in my life today because of those crucial moments then and God I just pray for anyone who's at a crossroads now anyone who feels uh, like they're in a season of disappointment whether it's they were expecting something from you or they were expecting uh, to be used through you and sometimes they uh, those moments come with disappointment but we thank you that you are faithful and you are good and we can still talk open and honestly with you and that uh, you meet us where we are that you aren't some God way up in the clouds, but the word became flesh. Jesus, you are God, and you came here and you walked among us to know our struggles, to know our hurts, to know our passions, to know uh, when we face anxiety and depression. And Jesus, we thank you that you meet us in those moments and you give us hope, and give us light so that we can help be a light to others so that we can share our testimony to others of a time that you met us and saw us through maybe the darkest of moments and the darkest of seasons. So Jesus, we just pray that you would move in us if we are facing a trial or if we faced a trial in, in the past, that you would give us eyes to see people who are hurting, who are lost, who are broken, who are facing the same things that you saw us through so we can help point them to the way, the truth, in the life jesus we just thank you we praise you today and we pray that uh, you would go before us behind us and all around us as we go out to a lost hurting and broken world it's all in your name jesus that we pray amen amen thank you so much for joining us this morning for service you can go in the grace of god thank you for listening to this week's message from the gateway church If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.